0: And yeah, you guessed
1: it. It's time for another edition of Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. Thanks again for joining us. We do appreciate you being here each and every week and listening to the show. And, you know, always would love to hear from you and always know we want to bring on great guests that are bringing on and contributing great to the cannabis business here in the cannabis industry and going through all different different various factor, uh, factors, different areas of expertise and experience and making their way into the industry. And today's guest is no exception. We're talking to a veteran of the USA, US Navy. Thank you for your service. A mechanical engineer. And this gentleman has more than 12 years' experience as an entrepreneur and inventor in the cannabis industry. And I'm here speaking uh, on location from Las Vegas, Nevada, Colin Raychart. He was the founder and CEO at Green Bros. That's G R E E N B R O Z. Colin, did I say that last name right? Yep,
2: he did. Great um, we, there we go. There might be some family debate about it, but that works. <laughs>
1: okay, very good. So, thanks again for making time to join us. Now, Colin, I know you were interested in mechanical engineering from the offset. From what I read about your about your uh, about the kind of life story I read about, and then I know that your career would begin with a five year stint in the U.S. Navy, U.S. Navy, excuse me, serving in Operation Desert Storm. Then you took up software development and designing the de- email systems for Hewlett Packard. So now talk to me first off about how, as an aspiring entrepreneur at a young age, you chose to challenge yourself before you chose to tackle the industry you felt confident you wanted to be in. Well,
2: uh, I actually kind of life's path took me down um, uh, an interesting road, and um, I ended up joining the the Navy. um, And uh, out of the Navy, um, I, I did a couple of things, to be honest, and then ended up. Kind of getting into the computer market, um, which was, at that time, very lucrative and, and viable and, and just an amazingly growing industry. So, I got trained up uh, and then went in, into the uh, computer market and ended up working for several companies. And based on my military experience, I was able to, um, I was able to take my clearances and then go work and contract for the U.S. government. It, uh, for the Navy again, basically working the same job that I had yeah. uh, when I was in the Navy. So that's kind of how I ended up in corporate America. And I, my grandfather had always, he, had retired from GE and there was this kind of promise uh, historical, you know, of companies taking care of you and, and looking out for you and having all this opportunity to, to grow and hold with a company and have a great pension. But when I got to corporate America, that really Ring
1: very true. So, no, <laughs> you know, yeah, the, the, knowing a few stories for, for myself when it comes to the corporate, yeah, not happy about it. I worked in two corporate outfits before, and uh, you know, knock on wood, I've been here where I'm at for 14 years, coming up on 15. Would never want to go back. Too many, sor- too many stories, horror stories, basically for me. You know, even there's might be some some good that comes through, and, also, and uh, unfortunately, like I said, good people like yourselves that were in that business, maybe not treated as well. And this industry having this right here, it's most important. But also, on a side note, I'm always worried about how the cannabis industry right now is in such a good heyday. It's still the Wild West, basically, but much more professional. But I'm also afraid of when legalization comes to the the states, what will happen when corporatization, it's already making its way in and starting to infiltrate what will happen when that does. And hopefully we don't lose, you know, the integrity of what this industry is as a whole when that does happen someday. Now... Yeah. The well, about I, I mean, oh, I, go ahead go ahead I
2: agree, I agree I agree with that I think that, that that we are kind of headed toward um you know there is larger consolidation going on and, and you do see that but um you know the younger this generation kind of not my generation specifically but the younger generation the guys coming up and yeah. um, you know they have a much different picture of corporate America so of what it should be and that's the next generation of leaders all the way throughout yeah. industry so hopefully we'll see a change from from kind of what we, what I was involved in.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to also get a change where, I mean, you saw it in Silicon Valley, some of the things that were being done to kind of make things kind of fun, but still, it's like still hiding what there is. But we could go on this subject for hours and hours. But, yeah. <laughs> but let's get talk about Green Bros itself. Now, in an article with MG Magazine, you said, quote, we're working with cultivators to provide them with an end-to-end solution. The company's approach now is to more from a supplier of machines to a supplier of services, similar to the way IBM did in the 1990s by de-emphasizing its computers and starting to act more like a consultant while sell, still selling machines and software, of course. Funny, I'm um, right here in uh, Boca Raton, where our studios are located, we're not that far from the IBM headquarters that were down here for many years. Talk to me about what makes IBM the model they had for computers work for a harvesting solutions company for the legal cannabis industry like Greenboro's?
2: Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, to be honest with you, I mean, it's more of, more of a, an understanding that, you know, what, no matter what business you're in, you, you only have a limited, you know, you have a limited kind of scope. Right. And if we were to stay, say, stay as a trimming machine company, um, we would probably have a great run and we have had a you know a great run but that run would would die out as trends change and market trends change and 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 then the business as a whole kind of morphs and and changes we would find ourselves um you know making uh you know old products that were no longer relevant and so we made a decision to move to a, a solutions oriented kind of company instead of a just um, the traditional equipment only company, and so we, when we, when I moved, you know, we made that move. What we ended up getting is some external partnerships with some great companies like Green Vault Systems um, and Purigen where we've able to bring in products and represent those products uh, to our customers, and then also that helps us to be a more rounded business overall. So we're able to, you know, provide a lot more support. To our customer base and grow with them in their growing needs, and not just, you know, want to sell them the next greatest uh, model of uh, of X. You know what I mean? It's not like we're just an iPhone company. Um, You know, we're actually diversifying out to be more of a a complete solution. So everything post harvest, or yeah, post harvest.
1: That's you know, that's a very good point to make. And I'll tell you that it's something that. Some of the cannabis cannabis businesses should do, and all if these They're doing products. The fact that they're also parlaying it with consulting and offering more expertise, and like you said, diversifying what's available. So there's not just you know, it's not just sales. There's more to it, and I think you're absolutely on the right track with that. So we're gonna go to commercial break, Colin. But okay, I feel like Alan Iverson here talking about this, but we're gonna talk about trimming. Really, I mean, you know, and I, when I wanna research, it, was kind of like talking like that. So we're going to talk about trimming. You mean? You mean we're going to talk about trimming? <laughs> so right. We're going to talk about trimming all across from the equipment to the people that actually run the machines. We'll talk all about some fascinating stuff I learned about. and I want to ask you about. That's coming up here on Blunt Business in just a moment. But first, I got to talk to you about uh, time is trimming away and the days are slipping away right now. August third and fourth are almost upon us. The end of the summer. And the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, and its latest jaunt into Miami, Florida, for another event returning for 2019. You could be one of the many thousands of industry professionals that will be embarking on Miami, Florida, knowing that they have the right at our show to educate, engage, and empower the evolution of the cannabis industry. It's the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. You can get your tickets now, get your passes today register at usccexpo.com that's usccexpo.com more with Colin Raycart, founder and CEO at Green Bros
0: after this rolling into some sponsors but we'll be right back with more blunt business Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida, for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment.
1: Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Now available for pre order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches. Premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or pouches.com. That's
0: P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Thanks for staying with us after the break. Here, folks, we're talking
1: trimming now with Colin Reichart, the founder and CEO at Green Bros. Let's talk trimming, Colin. Leafly sure. published an article titled Hand Trimmed versus Machine Trimmed Cannabis, which is better. This is like the you know sun grown versus uh green greenhouse grown. Okay, indoor grown. So anyway, they wrote this quote. Trimming is one of the last steps of the growing process when prized buds are finally pulled off their branches and shaped before sale. One of the more monotonous parts of growing, producers always look for ways to make the trimming process easier and more efficient, with machine trimmers becoming more popular in recent times. Money, labor, and quality factor heavily, uh, factor heavily into the decision to trim by hand or use a machine, end quote. So how does Green, the Green Bros line of trimmers tackle that debate?
2: Well, it's really, you know, it's been a a long kind of changeover, um, as we've seen uh, in the industry. It started out uh, all hand-trimmed and then moved really quickly, you know, with the volumes that people were having to get done uh, into a machine kind of trim uh, format. But hand-trim was always traditionally done dry, um, but machines were brought in uh, that started going down the wet road. And they were all uh, based on the need for volume quickly to get material, you know, product inside, out of the rain, out of the wet, um, and into a drying situation. So they started trimming wet, and then um, uh, when I got into the the trimming industry, uh, dry trimming and with machines, had come back, and uh, we were one of the first. There's a couple of machines before us, the tumbler type machines, but we were we were basically one of the first real. Concentrating on dry trimming only. Um, and because of the gentleness of our machine and the way that we the, the blade designs and the movement of the material and so forth, you get uh, a trim that's almost indistinguishable from hand trimming. Wow. And actually it has been shown multiple times, uh just showing person of one person, you know, the two different options, you know, this it is indistinguishable um between the two. So um it's one of those things. There's always artisanry, you know, and, and, and we respect that greatly. Um, but our machine also offers you the opportunity to, to you know, still produce a high level of product uh, from an artisan's perspective. You know, you don't have to trim it all the way down with the machine. You can actually touch it up by hand and, and increase your production or you can trim it all the way down and you still uh, get a much finer product than anything else out there.
1: On a previous episode, we spoke to the folks behind the Munchies app, and that was Jordan Guerrieri and Sheldon Owen. And they brought up how artificial intelligence and machine learning have become the buzzwords in tech in 2019. And Maps published a post that stated that due to falling cannabis prices, uh, quote, the job of a trimmer is not as lucrative as it once was. And as prices fall, farmers are faced with having to cut costs. The easiest way? labor. Cue the robots. Not one company was reported to have developed an automated, image-based robotic trimmer, able to recognize the different parts of the plants and separate them faster than a human. And I'm not going to mention the company. One response regarding robots as trimmers was as this, quote, the idea of robot trimmers is totally destructive. The whole nature of the industry was people coming together to celebrate the abundance of harvest. It was rich and beautiful. It was an industry of sharing. End quote. So, Now, Colin, what do you think about this idea with those in the cannabis cultivation and harvesting business that are looking to implement AI and machine learning to do their work?
2: Um, You know, it's interesting. Uh, I I doubt I don't doubt that um, that is coming um, when you look across all industry platforms. Totally. Um, But if I were if I were making a robot, uh, I'd be looking at other crops. Uh, (laughs) You know. commercial crops before i was looking at, at cannabis right um, um but uh the reality is we you know it's coming we get it uh and that's how it is but there is something to be said for kind of the disconnect you know from that uh, the kind of culture that it, that cannabis has right now um if you go to complete automation which is what's going to happen uh yeah. to some extent um you know there is a disconnect and then you're not really doing what you know, what that last quote stated, which is having that, that sharing time and that harvest time, uh, comes together. So, but I mean, that argument was made about the trimmers, you know, that we developed and, and, uh, we've had a lot of people that, that have said, you know, uh, you know, you're taking jobs away from people and, wow. you know, and these kind of, and these kinds of arguments and, and on the face of it, it's there, that's the truth. But, but the other truth is that, uh, market demands, you know, productivity. And honestly, kind of we have a big customer, southern california with 100 acres outdoor and they're producing cannabis at the same price they produce lettuce so yeah. if you're producing a product that has that kind of value at that kind of uh, at that low cost um you know it it's driving the market it's that's yeah. what's driving the market awesome. down and now you're outdoor cannabis which is grown in hoops and they call it greenhouse or it's the kind of cross between outdoor and greenhouse and and the quality is so high, and the and, and the genetics are so strong, that I mean it's hard for a, for a guy who's growing uh, premium quality cannabis indoors to compete from a financial perspective. So there's always going to be a need for you know equipment to make things better, faster, more um, to to continue to compete for our you know for the producers within the marketplace, and that's that's the reality of it. I mean but there's always room if you look at beer beer did this great thing where it went you know went crazy massive scale and there was only three vendors in the whole country or four really and now we've got thousands sure. of microbreweries and craft breweries and and they do things kind of a different way so you see you know there's cannabis will always have the craft marketplace yeah uh and 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 that kind of thing so uh but automation is automation is definitely uh, coming in uh, at one level or another I and mean, we're part of that too I mean our goal is to bring you know systems that that you know uh, that are encompass the whole post-harvest um, process you know
1: now let's talk about this when it comes to those that might be affected by losing work as a result of machines coming in to take over jobs we're hearing it from every industry you just said it yourself so there have been those who have chimed in their support, and the cannabis trimming culture that have enjoyed that they have enjoyed prior to legalization and automation. So there was one woman who I'm not mentioning here. Uh, she has been doing trimming work for over a decade and had an essay that she wrote and submitted to Vice. She said this, quote, for all its problems, trimming and working in the marijuana industry has allowed me and countless other women the opportunity to enjoy a financial and spiritual independence that working in the world at large has not, end quote. Another former Trimmer and Current Grower wrote about how the legalization automation of cannabis has not only driven down prices, but it is destroying a once beautifully wild industry. The quote they gave to Weedmaps News was this, quote, Machines can never replace the human hand, and it's sad that the trimmer has become so undervalued. Human trimmers have always been the spirit of harvest, but with the competition of big business and a flooded market, growers feel the pressure to pay less money in order to keep their livelihood afloat. So, what is it about this buzz around cannabis trimming? Why is there so much there? And I mean, are you hearing the same kind well, of stories? I
2: mean, yeah, of course. Um, and and the reality is, I mean, you're you're seeing a, a completely a complete changing of a market, and it's difficult. Um, you know, the there was a completely different culture, but that culture, and if you took at the culture in Northern California, for instance, versus the culture in Colorado, um, I've seen them both. Uh, grow. You have one that was a vibrant cannabis-oriented community, and the other one who was turning, looking at cannabis like McDonald's. So, um, you know, it there's always going to be this kind of give and take, and go back and forth. But to to the comment about um, uh, about the opportunities for women. I mean, Women Grow, for instance, which is an organization that we love and support, um, is you know a women's organization for women who grow and who are you know cultivating and 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 working within the cannabis industry and i think that that's one of the good things about the industry as the and as the industry does evolve uh it is much more non-gender specific uh than than you know traditional businesses but that's just kind of due to the culture that we're in um so you know it's it's a tough it's a tough place to sit because i mean there you could say well you know the bad trimming companies and it's not the bad trimming companies. i have I have, you know, 40 employees and I take care of their families and we support them and, and we have a business thriving, growing business of our own. So it's really kind of just the nature of business It moves and changes and the ebbs and flows. And and, and and as that happens, people get displaced from one area and they find work in another area. Um, I mean, the same, same thing could be said for farming, uh, you know, uh, 100 years ago when they started making the behemoth machines that started doing all the farm labor. Um, and and that's and, and and now we have, you know, farming is still a massive industry, but we have you know a massive industry that supports it and the equipment, um, and there's still plenty of work that's being done, and we're seeing a pushback against large commercial farming too, in kind of um, you know the renaissance of of uh, organics and stuff like that. So, ebb and flow and a movement back and forth, and and um, you know I don't personally believe that it, that pursuit of profit is is the the highest goal? Um, you know, if you're not making money, then you're not in business. But the pursuit of profit, for profit's sake, is not the highest goal. I've always looked at our goal as being, you know, to make our customers successful. And in a market that's shifting and changing as fast as this one is, that's how we make them successful by providing them better and better equipment and offering them the, them the ability to stay viable in a changing market. Um, you know, how does, a, how does a guy that has, um, you know, 2,000 square feet compete uh, against a uh, 50,000 square foot warehouse? Um, you know, and that's kind of where we are. So what we do is we make equipment that levels out some of that cost and that playing field um, and, and uh, ev- offers everybody an opportunity to stay competitive. Where it all ends up, I don't know. And, you know, the questions about, um, about culture – um, are always going to be there and we have it all the time I mean you hear it all the time nowadays with yeah. with robotics wow. and stuff like that and There is some to some degree kind yeah. of that feeling of oh wow We're we're losing something, but we're also gaining something new and we have to look at that and say well What do we make how do we make this new thing? The best thing that we can, you know, and um, uh, Equipment operators generally have higher salaries than than laborers and so um, you know there's a, there's a positive there there's less of them but they're also a different skill set so it's a changing environment and uh, there, with change comes discomfort and, and discontent and uh, that culture has changed a lot and if you look at and I don't want to go on too far but if you look at Northern California um, just, I, did a, I did a speech up there a couple of years ago and talked about uh, automation and, 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 and mechanization and harvesting and, you know, the biggest concern for them was those guys in suits who don't are disconnected, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it was really interesting. You're having a conversation. So, when you're trying to sell a machine in that environment, you're talking about um, different things than you are when you're selling it in Colorado, uh, where, you know, it's the it's all about cheaper, faster, more. No. So
1: Ow we talk talking about the larger-scale producers. When you talk about somebody that has a 50,000-square-foot facility, I want to bring up this point that I, I came up from uh, designworldonline.com. I was just looking this up as we were talking. So large-scale producers are now demanding the automation of other cannabis processing tasks as well. Quote, these tasks include bucking of buds from the stalks, as trimming machines can't perform this process yet. Industrial-scale feeding of trimming machines is another task we've automated with our system offerings. These allow for a consistent flow rate to output uniformly trimmed product and further reduction of manual labor. I mean, do you take any weight to what that's being said there? Some of these automated machines. I mean, do for you sure. feel like you're, what you're doing right now? Your machines do the same thing, but maybe they're just not seeing it.
2: Oh no, our machines. I mean, that's what we're that's where we're at right now. I mean, our machines are. Uh, we introduced a fully automated trimmer last year in Las Vegas that loads itself and unloads itself. Um, and checks its weight and does all that, um, you know. And that's that is what's happening, you know. Um, if you look at uh, our system flow, you you have input on one side, bucking uh, and then sorting and then trimming and then uh, outflow where you're where you're weighing and weighing waste uh, and you're outflowing into uh, whatever your secondary or tertiary um, portals are, whether it's micro batching, micro weighing, or uh, or macro weighing and packaging you know those are those are typical assembly lines and those are all things that we're addressing for sure because that's how kind of the normal flow of things if you look at any uh any large production facility they all have something that's that's facilitating all of that activity uh, it's nothing new um mm-hmm. that's for sure but we are definitely leading the leading the charge in that regard
1: that's great to hear go again comrade chart the founder and ceo At Green Bros is with me here on Blunt Business and I have some final questions to ask you about uh, when it comes to jaw market, when it comes to trimming. We'll talk about that in just a moment.
0: Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Expo.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now But a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you life yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc.
1: Cannabis industry professionals. Want to gain some new leads? Make genuine business connections and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Sponsorship opportunities
0: available. Register today. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on
1: CannabisRadio.com. We're back with final questions for Colin Raychart, the founder and CEO at Green Bros., so Colin, again I do appreciate you taking time and I like I said we got a 30 minute show out of trimming which I was fascinated we we're able to go and do on the show so I appreciate you giving us your insight green entrepreneur recently reported that one of the cannabis jobs cons- consistently in high demand is trimming how about that how important is the demand for trimmers in terms of what you're producing and what you're providing as product
2: that's a that's an interesting interesting question but you know really, when you, it depends on the, the company that you go to, but if you were to take um, any of any larger producer um, and you look at what trimming has become for them, it's a step in the process. And you'll have a, a lead cultivator or a trimming lead and their job is to manage trimming. And what they do is they, they bring in people and they bring in equipment that makes it most efficient for, for their cultivation. What's interesting is that that process is not consistent from cultivator to cultivator. And most cultivators are, um, you know, kind of out there making it up as they go along. And that's when you see, um, you know, that's when you get people calling in and asking questions, well, how would we do this? How, what would be the best way? And that's where we can really help because you have to systemize things and make things consistent to get consistent product. And if, if you don't understand workflow and, and, and um, you know, workflow management and process and process development and process refinement, um, then you really, you know, you're really kind of lurching around in the dark, if you will. So, I mean, if you don't, like, if you don't have a process for something, you can't improve what you do. There's no way because you don't have a process. So you have to start somewhere, and that's really fundamental for everybody. And if they can, you know, start showing people how machines can be implemented, and then you show them how they are best implemented, and then you show them how to bring machines together, and then all of a sudden they're going, "Oh, yeah!" Wait a minute, because the difference between uh, you know an automated trimming line and a trimming machine and a and an operating guy doesn't appear to be that obvious from the outside but once you see one running next to the other it becomes uh, it's unbelievable what automation and and what actually does to productivity um so it's it's you know it's all it's kind of a since it's such a growing industry then there's no standardized way of doing things Uh, that's what gives us the opportunity to be so successful if we're able to go out and help people standardize and, and get up to speed with the most efficient ways that they can do it. Most of the time we're still working within their con the confines of their business model. Uh, and we'll start out that way. But then, you know, we get moving down the road and they're like, well, how would we do, how would you do this? And we go, Oh, that's when we can come in and say, look, if you, this is how we do it. We, we develop a whole system process for this for harvesting and now let's talk about the parts and let's put them together and then you see where you need to make improvements type of thing so I mean it's it's not it's never-ending game right now because no one's making a machine that you you know that that picks it that that picks up the plant and puts it in bottles you know
1: oh but let's (laughs) talk about the machines by the way I want to go and wrap things up here with you Colin great great information a really interesting conversation And looking at the website and looking at the product line that you have, first of all, I love the the, the craftsmanship, the stainless steel-looking construction of all the stuff. It just looks like it's just heavy-duty, hard-powered, and a lot of different products, sorters, trimmers, trichome extractors, rosin press, fan slides. It's Really, I look at all the equipment. It looks great, and I see how it's producing. I can only imagine when you go to trade shows and you're showing this stuff off because for me, when I go to one of these trade shows, especially the the business-to-business type, I love seeing the machines, the extractors, and all these things that are going on and just seeing them being operated. It's just fascinating. And how many people come around to look at the demonstration? So if people want to go and schedule a demo or if somebody wants to get your products into their uh, outfit and they want to learn more about being consulted and all these things we've been talking about today, take a minute to talk to our listeners about how they can learn more about Green Bros and learn more about what you're doing.
2: Of course, they can find us on the web at at greenbros, G-R-E-E-N-B-R-O-Z.com. Uh, You can also call uh, 844 dry trim uh, and that will get you through to live answer and someone will be able to schedule a demonstration for you. Um, But those are the best ways. We're also on Instagram and all of our other socials, which which you can find at the webpage and and link off to. Um, But really, I mean, if if at this point uh, you haven't heard of the company, um, it'd be very, I'd be very curious because um yes i mean we're we're very well known and very well respected throughout the industry and um if you know somebody who's in the industry i'm pretty sure they've you know they've heard of us so um but the best way to do it is to get on and take a look we have tons of videos instructional videos available we also have uh our instagram is full of testimonial and testimonial videos so um, there's a lot There's a lot out there at your fingertips.
1: No, from everything I've been reading, there, there was a lot of references, especially when it comes to the machinery. You know, the, the Green Bros has always made mention of and very well-respected and highly regarded. I've read all about it, and I've known you, for you guys for a long time and just uh, some information that's coming across. I just thought this was a fascinating idea and like I said, I wanted to see what it would be like to go and do an interview on trimming, but we did it and I'm, I'm amazed in what uh, information this is and obviously a show like this This is the kind of stuff I want to be able to talk about. Let's go through a wide worldview of just going through different areas. The last episode I did was on real estate. Others are about finance, investments, all across, because there's so much cannabis owners need to know and to pull the right people across. And I think you're definitely one of those people today. And I'm really thankful that you came onto our show.
2: Well, I always appreciate the opportunity to to talk about what's going on in the industry. I I love it personally. Um, It's exciting. It's growing fast. I mean, so fast that you blink and everything's the next day uh, but it's great I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be in any other industry
1: well I mean you know and I'm glad you were able to make it in here after taking a little change taking a challenge for yourself early on uh, wanted to get into mechanical and mechanical engineering and you're definitely doing what you love today so to take a quote from a jingle from an old. US Navy commercial full speed ahead con <laughs> uh, <laughs> so with that said uh, thank you so much for everything you're doing for us and, and really hope to go and see you at a future show and we'll definitely keep in touch
2: yeah well thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it
1: hey, our pleasure so for all of you uh, once again greenbros.com g-r-e-e-n-b-r-o-z.com great website a lot of information full chock full of product line go ahead and take a look at it uh, as we go and wrap up the show and once again let's talk about our great sponsor here at bone business the uscc expo the united states cannabis conference and expo and you've got to be part of this august 3rd and 4th miami florida please join us for our returning conference series invest in your future, leave a lasting impression on thousands of attendees we hope you'll join us to educate, empower, and engage the evolution of the cannabis industry with all of us at the Higher Virginia, in downtown Miami, Florida August 34th for the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo and we will have a show on the west coast in Phoenix this October stay tuned to Blunt Business, we'll tell you about that in the coming months and again, usccexpo.com for all the information we hope you'll log in today and register for your pass. Thanks for joining us, folks. You can download past episodes of Blunt Business by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Spreaker, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening. expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.
3: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator